Well, we greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's a blessing to be back here again with each one of you. There's little eyes and larger eyes. There's just a blessing to walk with you just for a few days. Some of you we don't didn't know very well, and maybe we still don't, but it's just been a blessing to walk with you and and speak with you and just know that we're we're all in this together. Those of us that are in Christ Jesus are are you know we're pulling at this thing and of of how a home is orchestrated and we're desiring that God would give us wisdom and 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 he would long suffer with us and that he would give us just just heaps of grace that our homes could be for him. And as our brother mentioned, um, as we walk through a couple of messages, we recognize pretty quickly as we introspect that there's holes and there's gaps. And there's also beauty in the midst of our homes, but there are holes and gaps. And you know, those things, those things feel pretty heavy, and I think they should. I think they ought to. There ought to be times that you can be introspective enough to say, you know what? We just we haven't done this well. Maybe there's some area, there's something that we just haven't done well. And so as we meet here this morning on the Lord's Day, it's just a blessing. But in the midst of a topic that says something like this, godly focus, having a godly focus in an ungodly world. So we're blessed, we're full in many ways, we've had a lot of thoughts. But we still recognize the fact that down off the steps of this little hill is ungodliness. And maybe there's even ungodliness that would creep into our hearts. But there is ungodliness. And I had to think the other day, I had an experience that, that all of a sudden I heard this loud noise. And it was just thundering. And, and, and I can imagine, I, I had a little knowledge what it was beforehand, but I can just imagine hearing something like that and and imagine you're in a village somewhere and, 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 and there's enemies riding. And you hear the chariots and the, and the, and the horses. And they're, they're just pounding on the ground and the ground's shaking. Well, I heard something like that. And it began to thunder. It began to thunder. It began to just kind of, like, like you're just like, what is that noise? And it sounded powerful. There's power in that. And the ground's shaking, right? The, the earth is shaking. And so you know there's force. And you know that there's a tremendous ability for that thing to, to smash you, whatever it is. It's, it's just it's pounding, it's thundering, it's getting louder, it's coming. And living in an ungodly world, I think, can be a little like that, isn't it? Where you just hear that noise and, and you begin to hear those footprints. And you begin to hear chariots riding and you're at work and, and just some of the thoughts as we think about kind of where we've been this week and even some in, in face-to-face conversation. But maybe you're at work and you're, 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 you're desiring to serve God. You're desiring to, to, to serve God in your heart. And the next thing you know, there's just this, this, this awfulness. There's vileness. And it's just right there in your presence. And it's, it's right there in your mind. The next thing you know, you're guarding your own tongue that you not speak that way. It's just thundering, ungodliness. And there's voices out in the world that would tell us that, you know what, it's not actually right to be men. It's not actually right to be women. It's actually something different. You should actually tame all that down into something that is weak and something that does not have any power. And it's, it's not right that you believe in a God. And those thundering things, and it's like, well, maybe you can believe in a God, but not that God. It's not right that you would believe in Christ Jesus. And, it's, and, and you begin to hear all that. And that's the ungodly world we live in, right? 
The call was to holiness. And of course, the world, one of those chariots that are riding is just this onslaught of unholiness that would love nothing more to, 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 to invite us in and to, and, to, and to tempt our hearts to unholiness. So the chariot's riding, it's thundering, it's coming up behind us. And, and maybe sometimes it's catching us by surprise and you just hear that noise. And it's pounding. And the ungodly world is pounding and evil men are doing what evil men have always done, it seems like. And they're just desiring to rob joy. They're desiring to take glory from the Lord. Desiring just to strip and, and, and strip anything that is godly. Desiring for anything that is, that, that is decreative. Decreative of the home. Decreative of the person. Desiring to just strip out anything that is holy. And that pounding is riding, right? And you know something of that, I think. And I know something of that, of, of, of living in a world where you go down off the mountain and it's peaceful and there's the, you know, the pine trees are rustling and there's beauty there and all of a sudden you hear that noise. All of a sudden you hear that pounding and all of a sudden you know that surely the armies, the armies the, the, of the demonic forces surely are still there and they're still marching and they're still coming and they would seek to destroy and devour just like their unholy king does. So that's the world we live in. And I hear this noise. I want to turn to Zechariah 10. For just, we're going to read, maybe we'll read this whole scripture. It's 12 verses. So I hear a noise coming, and it's a noise of oppression. It's a noise of an army, potentially. My first thought, like, wow, this is something that's bad. This is something that's evil, and it's coming. Zechariah 10. Familiar passage, probably, it may be a familiar passage, but it's a blessing. And again, a blessing when I read this this morning, Zechariah 10. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone, grass in the field. For the idols have spoken. The household idols, I think the ESV, the household idols have spoken vanity and diviners have seen a lie and have told false dreams. They comfort in vain, these idols do. Therefore, they went their way as a flock. They were troubled because there was no shepherd. Some of these voices, some of this trampling, some of these horses and chariots, idols are coming and vanity is coming. No shepherd, an ungodly shepherd. The Lord says this, mine anger was kindled against the shepherds, these, these, these shepherds that are ungodly, and I, and I punished or I visited upon the goats. For the Lord of hosts hath visited the flock, the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. Could it be there's actually other horses and other chariots in the midst of us hearing this noise and knowing that this ungodly world is pressing? Here in Zechariah, we're seeing there's actually other horses. I punished the goats, for the Lord of hosts had visited the flock, the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. Out of him came forth the corner. Out of him came the nail. Out of him came the battle bow. Out of every oppressor together. And they shall be as mighty men, which tread down their enemies. These are the ones that God is raising up. You hear that noise of the ungodly world pressing on us. And sometimes, sometimes, we're not called to fear, but sometimes we're just like, maybe I ought to fear that thing. It's coming pretty hard. Our families are in the crosshairs of this army of an ungodly world. You name it, the worldviews will come, the selfishness will come, and we know very well we're, we are capable for that to well up within our own self. But they shall be as a mighty men, as mighty men which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle, and they shall fight, and they shall 
They shall fight because the Lord is with them and the riders on horses shall be confounded. You know what I heard that morning? That noise I heard that morning was potentially, I don't know, but it was potentially Brother Doug having our children run apparently wind sprints. That noise I heard was the noise of many children running across the gym that I happened to be underneath of. And it was pretty thunderous. It was pretty deep. It was different than that basketball drone that happens. But it was just these loud noise and all these feet were running. And there was something else running. This wasn't, this wasn't a noise that you fear. This wasn't a noise that you began to think is going to rob my joy. This wasn't a noise of knowing in an ungodly world, and we could talk about ungodliness for a long time this morning. We know it very well, I think. We know those pressures exist, but this was the thundering of many, many of your children and my children. In Zechariah 10, Zechariah 10, God is raising up a people that are going to tread down enemies, that are going to trod upon his enemies, and isn't that the heart for our children and our homes and us as men and women of God that we be a part of treading and trotting upon enemies? And we know this is not something that we do on our own account. We know we don't do this with our own strength. We do this in Christ Jesus, and that is a glorious sound to hear young men and young women and little boys and little girls pound across the floor, apparently, running wind sprints. Mighty men, out of him came forth, um, um, verse 5, and they shall fight because the Lord is with them and the riders on horses shall be confounded. Verse 6, and I will strengthen the house of Judah. I will save the house of jo Joseph. I will bring them again to place them for I have mercy upon them and they shall be as though I had not cast them off for I am the Lord their God and will hear them. God is restoring households. And so we come here at Home's Own Purpose and we've been blessed and we understand that God would desire to restore our house and, re and strengthen our house because I don't necessarily think that everything in our house needs to be restored. There may be those here that have those that feel that way this morning, but there's probably some things that need restoration. But we need, and we, but we also need strength, do we not? We also need this strength and the Lord has promised here as his people are fighting, as he is in, um, empowering his people to fight this battle, he says, I will strengthen the houses of Judah. I will strengthen your houses this morning, brother and sister. And so we come this morning not without hope, living, ungod living godly in an ungodly world, having a godly focus in an ungodly world. May we be inspired to that this morning in Scripture a little bit as we walk through this. Um, I'm going to back up. I'm not going to read the rest of the chapter for time's sake necessarily. We might, we might look at that later. I'm going to look back at verse 1 and just think a little bit about this. I don't know if we need restoration this morning or if we need strength. We all need strength. We all are there. And there's probably parts of our hearts that we need at hearts and our homes that need restoration. I thought this was a pretty neat verse thinking about this. Ask ye, verse 1, of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. There are some of us here this morning that have young families with one child in their arm potentially. They have young families. They're right there at the beginning 
beginning of this, of this, of, of this family which could blossom the spring or, or the fall rains, I think, rather in this context. If I, if, if I understand correctly, the latter rains were the one that came in the spring and the latter rains were the one that really helped the fruitification of, uh, 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 of, of the plant. Well, that speaks of something that is near the end. And some of us, some of us are kind of more towards the end of our family experience, or at least with all of our children gathered. Some of us uh, uh, here are grandparents and have just a, just a husband and a wife. This latter rain, maybe, maybe being here has just a latter rain for you, and may it give you strength. Even in that time and even in that place, and there's some of us that are, still have these young children, maybe we're freshly married, and we're expecting God to bring even those fall rains or those spring rains. We come to a place like this just to be strengthened, that God would pour rain down upon us, that he would feed us, that he would give us, uh, that, that he would cause that fruitification of our homes. And, and, and I think you could probably say amen to, to, to this. We need, in some areas, we need that latter rain. We need, the, we need the fall rains. We need the spring rains to continue to bring fruitification into our homes. Bless you, older people, the couple, older couples specifically, those of us, those of you that help with food and those of us that walk with us through these meetings. Bless you in the latter, maybe the latter parts of your family experience to take heart and to take strength because you're still in this battle as well. And God has grace for that and God has mercy for that. Just bless you. And those of us that are younger, it may look pretty daunting. I imagine some of these things that we think about a, 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 a series of meetings like this in context of an ungodly world and, and, and all the pressures that we will face as we walk back out of, the, out of here, it is pretty daunting. God is going to be, as you are turning to him, he is going to be providing these reins for your fruitification as you turn to him. Verse 2, for the idols have spoken vanity. Like I said before, I think in the ESV it says, the household idols have spoken vanity or uttered nonsense, I think it might say. And the diviners have seen a lie and have told false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, they went their way as a flock and they were troubled. Again, we live in an ungodly world, right? We understand God is going to bring that rain. God can bring that, 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 that gracious teaching, that grace, grace in time of need, that help in time of need, because surely these things that are household idols, these things that utter nonsense into our lives are going to still be there. Those two thunderings are real this morning. Our children are running but the world is also running, desiring to devour us. They're in that tension together. And may we, as we, as we go out from here, among all the things you've heard, just process the fact that we still live in an ungodly world and that God would desire to restore and strengthen you in this time. That thundering of the world will not overtake and will not destroy your spirit and your soul and your joy for the Lord as you find yourself in him. And sometimes I think we forget that and we think that these idols, and I don't know what these idols are. I think as we, as we think about even our own hearts, you know, our own household idols, the number one idol that comes to my mind is simply my own flesh, my own self. It's the idol that seems to be always with me. That thing that, is, that, that I start to rely upon myself or I start not to give of my family, I start not to be a, a biblical man, potentially, I stray from my thought of commitment, my commitment to my family, and I don't mean that in a drastic way, but mentally, 
We do this quickly. We start to shut off. We go home. We just we 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 can just kind of de um, just kind of pull away and shell back in. These things are can be household items. They may not be a Buddha in the corner. It might just be the one we carry in the corners of our own hearts sometimes. Remember a time when I was working with a man and and I'm an electrician and I we. Uh, I was going through the lighting plan with him a little bit, and he had this little cubby hole under his stairway, and he said, well, I want a light here because I'm going to put my Buddha in there. And I was like, and, and I wrote on the wall, idle light, like on where I put the switch, like where I write on the wall, and I put idle light. He kind of chuckled at me, and he, we had a pretty good relationship at that point. But it's like, what kind of idols do we have? What nails, our brother said earlier, do we have still hanging in our home, those little things, maybe under the stairway where nobody will see? I think I've been smitten to know that I have. It is possible, and the Lord has revealed that there are things that are like nails in my home and in my heart, and what hangs upon that is rotting and stinking. They utter nonsense. I don't know where you're at with that this morning as you think about what, where you've been this week or this weekend with repentance. But it is appropriate for us to repent. We, we know this very clear, I think. But it is appropriate for us to repent when we fail, to have that continuing posture of repentance. And even humility to know that sometimes those nails exist. We would like to think, well, no, they don't exist. No, there's no idols. But the humility and the introspection to say, you know what? It could be. It could be. The third verse here, kind of back to thinking about this thundering, and in my imagination this morning, this thundering that I could have thought was the thundering of the ungodly forces in this world. Mine, mine anger, here's the Lord speaking about this. Mine anger was kindled against those false shepherds, and I punished the goats. And that goat imagery just kind of goes back to me to the scapegoat and this demonic goat. For the Lord, ultimately Satan, for the Lord of hosts hath visited his flock, the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. We recognize in the midst of an ungodly world, we sit here and we groan about this, right? We talk about things in our own life. We talk about things in the world that are just very groaning to the Christian, but we have to know that God also groans for them things, but not just that, but he is empowered and he is empowering people to overcome. He is empowering people to overcome those things as it says here in this, and he hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. I want to think this morning about just four, I'm going to go through just kind of four points as we think about things that are underfoot, as we think about those children running in the gymnasium, as we think about our homes running in unison, as we think about us running after God, may our running, may our running and, and the feet, uh, um, the, the noise and the, and, and the shaking from our feet running be one that, that, that is causing others to wonder, what is that noise? What is that power? What is that thing that is trotting enemies underfoot? We want to look at four enemies that are trod underfoot this morning. Um, death and hell is trod underfoot. We want to think about Christ Jesus as we began this morning. Death and hell is trod underfoot. Dead men are trod underfoot. 
that, um, thinking about Jesus, thinking about ourselves. Donner's oak is trod underfoot. Just an illustration. Donner's oak is trod underfoot. We hope to get there. And then daily dragons are trod underfoot. And this is where I think our groanings come in. Daily dragons are trod underfoot. This is where in our heart, when we listen to teaching about raising our children and understanding very quickly that our failings have come out, those things are like dragons to us, right? Those things we recognize that we have failed in many ways. And in Christ Jesus, restoration is flourishing. All these things in Christ, as they are trod underfoot, in Christ, restoration is flourishing. And that's what we want for our homes. We want restoration if we need it, and no doubt we need it in some way or another, and strength in Christ, restoration is flourishing. So first of all, death and hell is trod underfoot. We meet on the Lord's Day. We talk about families. We talk about our interaction. Um, um, we talk about God's holiness. We've talked about um, our family as, as ministry opportunities in the world. We've talked about raising them up as um, that they might face persecution in some way. We've talked about these things of fun and friendship in our home, and we recognize how much need we have, right? We recognize that we're just like, wow, we are powerless in this world unless there be another power. And we want to think about death and hell being trod underfoot. And simply, I want to turn to Acts 2, and we're going to read a short passage there. I think it's the 26th verse. As we think about this thing of death and hell is trod underfoot, we want to spend a little time this morning just, just worshiping God for who He is and what He has done in Christ Jesus. This is where we rest. This is where we come. This is where we bring all these daily dragons. This is where we bring these things that need to be trod underfoot in our life. We're going to come right to this place where Jesus now sits at the right hand of the Father waiting for His enemies to be put underfoot. Acts 2. 26, therefore did my heart rejoice. Peter is preaching. The Holy Ghost has come upon him. He is a marked man now for God. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh rest in hope. Peter is inspired. Peter has a Holy Ghost. Peter is rejoicing here. He says, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Here he's quoting David. He's saying that I, he's resting in Christ Jesus at this point, knowing that he will not be left in the grave, that this thing is coming of the grave of, 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 of Hades. And we're going to call that hell this morning. Um, just like this passage does. Thou wilt not leave my hole in, in hell or Hades. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. This speaks of Jesus Christ going the way of the cross. Oh, I'm going to keep reading. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make my, me full of joy with thy countenance. Um, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried his sepulchres with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him um, that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, this is Christ, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. This morning, when we're thinking about death and hell being trod underfoot, we recognize those things are trod underfoot. This is something of the Christian's hope. With ungodly, having a godly focus in an ungodly world, death is everywhere. Every, everything is leading us to death. Our, they would, our, our, that our homes would die. That our persons would die. That, 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 and it's, just, it's amazing the culture of death that is rising up in our world. And people seem to be attracted of it. In Christ, this morning, we as Christians, we are not ones, we, we are ones rather that know that Jesus Christ lives. Jesus Christ has overcome the grave. And he has overcome Satan. 
and he has overcome sin. Having a godly focus in an ungodly world is to recognize in part all that thundering we hear of, 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 of the enemy coming, all those thunderings that's going to bring us death, all those things that would love to rob our joy. Jesus is living today. Jesus, our Savior, our King, the one that, whom that we have given our life to, the one we come this morning and just all of, has overcome death and hell on our behalf, on his behalf, that he might be glorified. Death and hell is trod underfoot. The cross of Christ is how this is happening. And do we not talk at times with our burdens? And we think about our burdens in the home. We think about our burdens in an ungodly world. Isn't it a blessing to be able to go to a high priest that understands some of these things? Isn't it a blessing to come to the cross, this place of which it seems to be the first step of his ascension, even though he took a short break in hell and broke that place and then comes back out, and he goes and sits at the right hand of the Father, and then we come with all these weepings and groanings and helps that we need, and we come with all these enemies, these things that, are, that they would love to rob our joy, that would love to bring ungodliness in our life, and we come and we say, we've heard these voices and we come sometimes with our fears and we come right down to his place and we take those things and we put them right at his feet where he expects to put them under his feet. Christ is risen this morning. Christ reigns this morning. We are not left without hope. In the midst of my groanings of my own failing as a father, I can rest this morning that Jesus Christ lives. I'd like to sing the 139th hymn, I think. Maybe we can sing or, or stand up as we sing this hymn. It seems like it's a very familiar hymn. There's some beautiful lines in this hymn. We want to, as we come, as we think about our homes, we want to also sing, and I believe it's in our hearts. I believe it's on our tongues. We want to also sing appropriate praise to God. He is risen this morning. Death and hell was put underfoot. Christ the Lord is risen today. Somebody bring it down. Redeeming work is Oh, amen. Oh, 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 oh
trod underfoot in Christ. Restoration is flourishing. That's where we get our hope, brothers and sisters, this morning. That's why we can have a godly focus in an ungodly world this morning. Because in the end of the day, the world is not winning. In the end of the day, Christ is winning. So with our homes and with our families, we want to bring them to the cross, do we not? We want to bring them to Christ Jesus. Death and hell is trod underfoot. Secondly, dead men are trod underfoot. We're not going to take a lot of time here. We've been talking about self-denial as we go along here this way, but dead men are trod underfoot. That tr that when we come to Christ Jesus, when we come to the cross, he expects for his enemies he made his footstool. We too are called to be dead men. I think we went over that in multiple passages this morning about denying ourselves, of mortifying ourselves that Christ Jesus might live. But may God, in, 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 may God give us in an ungodly world the vision to know that we are but dead men except for that Christ that is risen raises us up. And so dead men are trodden underfoot. And we bless God this morning that, the, that, that his, by his spirit and by the sword of his spirit that he's reached out and smit, smote in our hearts. The beautiful imagery there in Revelation 19 of Jesus riding with a sword and that sword is, smites men. And one way I love to look at that passage is imagine Jesus Christ smiting my heart taking that sword of the Lord, the blessing of the word of God, and he smites my heart that I would be a, as a dead man before him, that I would say it's only you, Lord, that can live, and it's only by you that my family and my home can live. And maybe there's deadness in our homes. Maybe there's been deadness in our homes, even in just a little way. May he smite us. May he take that deadness and may he give us life. And may that be, and that's an enemy of his. Deadness in our homes is an enemy of his. And it ought to be an enemy of ours. And may he smite us. And may he restore us. And may in Christ that restoration be springing up to his glory. Donner's oak. So death and hell is trod underfoot. Dead men are trod underfoot. And this is a story. Donner's oak is trod underfoot. This is a random story. It's a story coming out about the 8th century. I thought about this the other night. We were singing a song and, and that we had learned, and we kind of learned this new phrase that sharpens the axe, that we may be sharpening the axe that cut down old Donner's oak. So I'm like, well, that seems kind of strange. What's old Donner's oak, and why should we be sharpening the axe to cut it down? 
8th century, Boniface comes into Hesse, Germany, the area that is like Hesse, Germany now, and he comes into that area and he finds trees, like trees out here. But these trees were trees that, 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 that were venerated to, to Thor, or venerated, I think in their language it was called Donner, potentially, or something of that nature. They called it Old Donner's Oak. Boniface comes in with the Christian message. He says, the Lord is alive. These household idols will bring no life. They utter nonsense. Thor utters nonsense. And he comes in there and he begins to preach in this, in this community. And as the story goes, the, 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 the men and women, maybe my ancestors, right? Maybe our ancestors would go in these trees and they would go in these trees and venerate, venerate Thor or, old, or, or, or Donner. You know, I don't know what they did in that place, but they worshiped. They worshiped these idols. Boniface comes in, just like the Lord, just like the word of the Lord comes through this man and through, through, through the people that he was with, these Anglo-Saxon Christian missionaries. They come into this place. The word of the Lord is coming through them. Hearts were smitten right there. And I don't know what that looked like entirely, but as the story goes, that men become revived in Christ. Men laid down their lives, laid down this idolatry and, 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 and became alive in Christ. And the beautiful thing about that story this morning is, is those men would go on later to cut those trees down. Old Donner's Oak, these idols, these things, our flesh, the deadness in our homes, those little pockets, those little nails that hang out that seem to be um, inconspicuous, that hang in our home, that possibly all sorts of dead and putrid things come off of, they can be cut down. The beautiful part of that story is, um, if I understand it correctly, is they took some of those trees and built churches out of them. Some of those trees that, that, that were once venerated to Thor, some false god, and they built churches. The things, that, the, the things in our heart, the things that we need to repent of, the things, the dark spots in our home, those nails that hang out that, 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 that somebody else has dominion over, as we come to repentance... Those moments and those gr that growth that can come through the Lord regenerating us in that place can bring restoration in our homes. We have to believe that this morning. God is interested in restoration. So just a little story. In an ungodly world, right, these are men that come in. And you young people, you, you young men and women, and these young boys and girls, they're going to enter a world that was just as un ungodly as the one I entered. It might be on steroids by then. I don't know. But it's going to be ungodly. And they're going to walk in the world and they're going to see all sorts of trees and they're going to see all sorts of things out in the world. They're going to have to process them in their own hearts. But we can know this morning that in Christ, those things can be smitten. Those things can be cut down. Those things can be trod underfoot and restoration would spring up. This is how and this is where the, the, the place, the church has flourished now for, for millennia in an ungodly world. We have the, the um, testimony of the saints before us to know that we can walk in an ungodly world in a godly way. People that have given their life to Christ in the midst of all sorts of challenges. Our brother exhorted us to think about persecution a little bit. We recognize that's the case. That's not our lot. It hasn't been so far, it seems. I don't know what's going to be these ungodly forces that's going to face our children like giants, like these massive trees. I had to think the other night, it might be the fact we don't suffer persecution could be such a thing. It comes with its own challenges. Donner's Oak is trod underfoot. In Christ, restoration is flourishing. We want to finish here thinking about daily dragons are trod underfoot. Right down to where we've been as we've listened to these messages. 
right down to you as a father, me as a father, as, as we think about those things that have become dragons in our life, those, those, those oppressive things that, that, that we have yielded up ourselves to at times, which generally starts with ourself. It might be outside forces, but it's generally going to be dealing with our very own heart. It's not just that. These daily dragons actually can be very practical. A daily dragon can be money for the dentist. It can be one of those things that you just don't know how to process. It can be a mother with a schedule that's too full. That her heart's broken. And it starts to feel, and life starts to feel like that thundering. And it may not be ungodliness in this case, but just that thundering of pressure, that thundering of responsibility. And you begin to shake, and you begin to just wonder if you can hold up. Maybe I'll be trod underfoot. Maybe the enemy would trod me underfoot and spit me out. It may be such a thing as persecution. Maybe such a thing as raising our children in all these different stages of, of development and recognizing that, that I've failed so tremendously much. How would we ever recover? Daily dragons. These two are to be trod underfoot. Remember, Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning. He does not sit there powerless. He does not sit there like one that has taken a walk or taken a nap. And dear mothers and dear fathers, those daily dragons, can we take them right there to that place of the throne of God? Can we take them? Sometimes we talk about taking them to the foot of the cross. I actually kind of like the I'm, I'm good with that. But I actually kind of like the imagery of taking him right there to the throne, right there where Jesus is setting, right there where he is expecting that his enemies be made his footstool. Right there, you remember when Stephen is stoned and persecuted, Jesus stands up. And Jesus, even in that moment, is, and the Spirit of God in that moment is bringing restoration. Apostle Paul, you know, the finger reaches out, and Apostle Paul maybe is touched in that moment and remembers that space. When we bring our burdens and bring our, our, our fears even in an ungodly world, we bring them right to Jesus Christ who is reigning. He wants them under his feet. And he wants us to put them under his feet. And all those little feet that were running, all those that thunderous noise of feet, can you see a vision of, of, of godly families empowered by the Spirit of God, running out from this place. And yes, the noise will, will, will quiet a bit because we're going to all be running in different directions, but running out with the expectation that those things that are an enemy to our home can be trod under our feet. Those things that are an enemy to our souls can be trod underfoot. And how we do that is we bring that to Christ Jesus. We bring that. We, 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 we again lift up our home that, that Christ Jesus would consecrate our home. I want to turn back to Zechariah. We'll read a couple more verses here. And I will strengthen the house of Judah and I will save the house of Joseph. We read this. I will bring them again to place them for I have mercy upon them and they shall be as though I had not cast them off. For I am the Lord their God and will hear them. And they of Ephraim shall be like mighty men and their hearts shall rejoice as though wine, as through wine. Yea, their children shall see it and be glad. Their heart shall rejoice in the Lord. Their heart shall rejoice in the Lord. As we are serving God, as we have homes that are purposed for his kingdom, as we have homes 
where Jesus Christ is Lord, as we have homes where we as fathers are actively trying to find those nails or those things that are enemies and bringing them to Christ, bring, putting them underfoot, putting them out, denying ourselves of those things, um, finding ways to rid our homes, to guard our homes, to protect our children, to protect our own hearts. But as we come to them, the promise is, is as this war is taking place here, that the children will rejoice. We rejoice when we see God's victory. And I think they will rejoice as well as they see God being victorious in the midst of an ungodly world. You know, I have to think that so times, so, so many times, and I, and I think I'm like this, and I suppose many of us are like this, we think about this thing of living in an ungodly world, and it's so easy to just kind of want to run away from it, and I don't think we can outrun it. I don't think those things, that, are, that, that, that trampling can outrun it. I don't, I, as we hear all those pressures and forces, and even some that are not necessarily ungodly, but yet they still are oppressing our soul, which we talk about as mothers and fathers, those things can be oppressions that come to us, where we forget our joy, we forget our purpose in that time. But as all those things are thundering after us, it seems, we can't outrun it. But we can take heart this morning that in Christ Jesus that we run to him in safety. And we don't have to run very far. He's right there. He says, Lo, I'll be with you always. And he's right there at the throne of God, and it's right at the tip of our hearts. He's right that close. And so we're living in an ungodly world. Bless you, brother, and bless you, sister, and bless you, young man and young woman. God is not far from us. He is not far. We go up on the mountain, then we go, you know, it's like a high place. And sometimes we set aside these high places. Imagine we're going to be closer to the Lord there, and it's a blessing to do that. And there's some good imagery there, but he's right close to you. May we find our hope in Christ Jesus, not drawing this, this as we look to an ungodly world. It's so easy. I was going to say this earlier. It's so easy for that to just to depress me. And I think, you know what? They're going to win. You know what? Ungodliness surely will prevail. And those of us that know Christ Jesus, those of us that know that he has trampled underfoot death and hell, he has trampled underfoot dead men, making them alive again, and, he, and, and, and has called men to trample underfoot things like Donner's Oak, the idols in their own life, he, and he is calling us this morning that we would trample underfoot those very dragons that, that would love nothing to to steal our joy. God forbid that we be hopeless. We have every reason in the world to have hope, and that is in Christ Jesus this morning. May God bless you as we go from this place. It's been a real blessing to be here. It's been a blessing to be with, with each and every one of your families and watch and to see children. And it was a blessing, and I, and I hope not to, I want to recap about hearing that thundering noise. I was not saying that as a complaint. So please don't hear that as a complaint of, my, uh, of where we were lodging. That was a tremendous blessing. And I hope I never forget the noise of what it sounds like for joyful children to run. And what it sounds like for little feet to trample. And little feet to be running after the Lord. And we know that's our heart. May we remember a noise like that. If I can even paint that picture this morning. Remember a crowd of people, a cloud of witnesses running after the Lord. This noise, this noise, this holy noise that is coming forth from the people of God. I believe is one that makes an ungodly world shirk away. And we lose track of that. And we forget that at times. And we think that the ungodly world will, will surely overtake. But bless you, brother and sister. May your hope be in Christ, who surely will tread 
his enemies underfoot.